welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate, and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose, and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I'm your host, Mali Pompadith, and today our special guest is Robert Clancy. Robert is a gifted technology entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, author, minister, and spiritual teacher from upstate New York. He is the co-founder of Spiral Design Studio, and for over 27 years, he has led an award-winning creative team in the evolution of corporate brands, marketing, web development, and I'm sure so much more. He is the author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Soul, and in 2012, he started Robert Clancy, Guide to the Soul, Facebook page where he has now over half a million people worldwide that are following him when he shares his divinely inspired thoughts and insights. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today, Robert. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to our conversation. This is going to be great. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out. Um, I also want to I'll let the audience know that we're going to do a quick shout out to Mark Allen, who is the producer and host of the Late Night Health show, and he was the one that introduced us, and I just really am grateful and appreciate him very much. I just found another kindred spirit, and uh, just thank you, Mark, for that. Robert, what one thing that I would like to start out by asking you is, I know that this is the first time my audience might be um, hearing about you, and because they don't know much about you, I'd love to just start by asking you um, what draws you to be an entrepreneur? What What is it that basically made you step up and say, okay, I want to really live this lifestyle and show it with my gifts and talents? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, I've thought a lot about it. I've always had that burning inside me. I never saw myself working for, you know, like a corporate um, entity or something. I, I think just carving your own path. Some of the inspiration came from my family. My mother ran a, a beauty salon for many years. My other, my oldest brother, uh, he also is an entrepreneur. So we've kind of have this gene, I think, that drives you. And and one of the things that I think is what somebody can take away from being an entrepreneur is you get to write your own destiny. And I think that's so important to have that in your heart when you start out and do this, because you can literally change lives, including your own. You can do things for your community and you personally own it. And that's, I think, the beauty of it. Tell me more about uh, your business and your business model and what makes it so unique. Uh, you know, it's award-winning. I'd really love for you to kind of set the stage for how do you become successful and how you create a business model that works uniquely for you and for the people that you serve. Yeah, and one, one of the things that we did is we have a core model, and it, it comes from actually our company name of Spiral. Uh, spiral is the only shape in nature that as it grows, it retains its original form. 
And we had these core set of values that, you know, we're, we're creating this business, we're putting it in a community, and really we need to give back to that community as well. And it's been sort of a, a thread through everything that we've done. Uh, for instance, when we opened up our office for the first time, uh, our conference room, you know, most people bring um, gifts, you know, wine or <laughs> champagne or something. And we asked everybody to bring a toy donation and they filled our conference room with toys for the shelter for battered women and children that was just nearby our, our new office. And that's part of it is just being able to give back. Um, and that's the thread that I think gives uh, life to any business is what you're creating. And we had a, a great mentor who said, you know, the world has not been waiting for you to start your business. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was kind of a shock because we thought we we're going to bring all these great things. And he said, yeah, that that's probably true. But why would they ever want to go to you versus somebody else that does exactly the same thing? And that set us on the path to become unique. So that's one of the the core pieces that I think you know, believe that you need in order to be successful. And I know that that's my my deep belief, but you can take this and what you're going to bring to the world, you need to own and you need to have that mindset that you are creating your your destiny, you're creating this. Um, and how are you going to make a difference for whoever you're working for? You know, they're, they're trading uh, something for your, your services or your products and why would they go to you versus someone else? And that, I think, is uh, one of the keys. Well, what it, when you talk about success and you talk about being unique, how do you stand apart uh, personally as a human being, as a leader yourself? And what are some great habits that you've had to develop or you've created some rituals that help you to be successful uh, and successful on your terms? That's a great question. One of them is you need to place yourself in someone else's shoes. And when I was growing up, my parents had this phrase that they hung in my room and it said it was a Native American phrase that never judge another person until you've walked a mile in their moccasins <laughs> or their shoes. And that's always stuck with me. And I try to think how am I being interpreted as a, as a leader, not only within my staff um, and to to um uh, you know, get them energized. Uh, but also, how do you conduct yourself every day? And before my feet hit the floor in the morning, I try to take a moment for gratitude and think about all the things that I have as, you know, that I brought and that I am grateful for. And the other is to share a smile. And that smile starts with sharing it for yourself. And a lot of people don't do that. You know, I often smile when I'm alone because it can really change your chemistry, it can change your mindset, and it can get you to where you need to be. So you get up in the morning and you smile at yourself. Is it typically in front of the mirror or just when you wake up, you just intentionally put that smile on your face? I just put the smile on my face. I don't need to see it. I know it's there. So <laughs> it goes right in. But I'll, I'll sit there for a few minutes. And I, I those are sort of my rituals that I go through. And try to catch yourself when you're when you're not smiling. Um, some you might be in deep thought, and actually, when you get passionate about something, you look angry. <laughs> so I try to think about that when I'm speaking to the staff passionately about something that I don't look angry at the same time. <laughs> wow, that's a great point. I can see that happening. Yes, because I have this, you know, this little furrow like between my 
my eyebrows when I'm thinking or concentrating. And when if I'm looking up and I might be in deep thought, it doesn't look so friendly. <laughs> yeah. But the intention is, you know, obviously <laughs> all the most important. Let me ask you this. You mentioned gratitude. And I know a lot of times, especially in my consulting field, people will ask, well, I hear that all the time, Ali, gratitude, gratitude, and, you know, to give gratitude. Um, but how do people actually capture that and what are some examples of your gratitudes you know what are you grateful for can you share with us some things that you say to yourself in the morning you know what does gratitude sound like for you yeah you know gratitude is something that you can bring easily into your life because i see so many of you out there that um and i encounter these people and i call it the spilt milk syndrome they have three cups in front of them that are full and two cups behind them that have tipped over. And I think there's a tarot card that shows this, you know. And I always laugh at that one because they focus on the two spilt cups rather than what they have. Mm. And it's being grateful for everything that you have within your life. Um, And if you can't think of anything, just having life is that where you start. And life changes on a dime. You never know when it's gonna take a turn for the worse. And you can spend your time suffering in the grief or you can accept the divine plan that you have before you. And I kind of look at this divine plan as your your life, how you steer it. We have free will. And if you choose to <laughs> live that freely, you can live it with gratitude and know that you have so much around you. There's so many people that feel empty, especially when you're a business owner. Sometimes you feel abandoned. Sometimes you feel like you're facing the world alone. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people that are willing to help you. You just call some clients that you have. Um, and I call it shake the trees. You know, if you're in a, a sparse time and you're feeling that pressure, you have to trust that the work is going to come in. The, the Those things are going to happen. But you have to you know, set your GPS. Um, but you also have to steer the car. Mm, <laughs> you, know? right. you can't just let it go and say, OK, I'm going to sit back and, you know, trust that. Uh, you know, everything's going to be okay. You need to to actually start driving the car and you need to follow the directions and follow your gut. So that's part of it. So those are some of the things that I think about when I'm I'm there. It's, It's making those decisions. And one thing that I heard about today's business people versus say 100 years ago or even 200 years ago or whatever, that we have to make so many critical decisions hour by hour throughout the day where the person 200 years ago would make maybe one big critical decision out of the year. Mm-hmm. So you think about how much information's coming at us all the time and you've got to sort things out, make decisions, solve problems. You got, you know, if you have staff, you have HR issues, you've got different personalities, you have to, you know, work with everybody. That's one of the, you know, things that can be very stressful, but it's also one of the things that you know, you can be grateful for that you have these wonderful souls working for you to make these things happen and get them energized, get them excited. We always talk about being in the same boat. So if we're all in the same boat and the boat goes down, we all go down with the boat. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, 
<laughs> That's right. Well, Robert, you and I have had um, just a few conversations prior to this interview today. And one thing that I really love about you and your personality and the, the whole package of who you are is that here you are, you're a gifted technology entrepreneur, you have this wonderful business, um, you've got that hat on really, really strong, and you've been uh, quite a success. And yet on the other on the other side of the spectrum is this spiritual teacher, this healer, this you know the, the whole concept of divinity and you're so open about that. And I think at least from my observation and also in the work that we do with helping our leaders get their message to market, that personal development, that connection to self and something greater is often kind of pushed aside or something that people leave at home or, you know, at the temple or at the churches, but it's, they don't necessarily feel comfortable bringing it into their professional work life. Whereas I think, you know, for me, when I'm working with folks and also for myself, it's being my whole self all the time brings me the most joy and harmony and peace in everything that I do. And I think you do that brilliantly. Um, where did that permission to self begin, you know, with you, for you in terms of bringing that aspect of who you are into the whole picture? How did it all begin? <laughs> well, I, I think about a lot on, on that side. I'm a very deep thinker and Business to me is about people. And if I can't be true to self, then what am I bringing to the table to be that person? And not that I'm overtly religious, I don't, you know, preach or something like that. Mm -hmm. What I talk about and where it comes through, I think actions speak louder than words. And we do it through volunteer work, through just being there for other people, and, and knowing that every one of us is going through something you know there's there's constant loss of family members fam and friends that that you're dealing with there could be stresses at home financially you may have a child who has some disease or is dealing with emotional issues or things and when business is about people and you realize that that you can bring that peace to the table and, and be at peace with yourself and others in that setting. And I don't think I, I you know, made a decision to switch, uh, you know, the, the over from one side to the other. I mean, I've got career and calling and both of those are what you're talking about, you know, mm -hmm. being successful in business. And then you've got your calling. And I almost look at it like DNA and it's intertwined. And you once you realize that they're both leading you to the same path you can then bring all of that to the table as well. So it's what you put into your community comes back to you tenfold over in um, other ways. So it's amazing. I love that. I love that. And I know that you are so big on this concept of community and volunteerism. Um, what's your definition of volunteerism? That's a great question. And it is anything you do to ease the life of someone else. And it's the priceless gift that you bring with a, just a simple smile sometimes. I've heard stories where somebody said uh, to me that they were planning on committing suicide and somebody smiled at them and they changed their mind. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful that tool is. And if you think about your smile, 
it is a tool that you carry with you every day. And how often do you use it? Do you use it in your new business meetings? Do you use it in your interviews? Do you use it when you're speaking to your staff or your fellow employees? Do you bring that to the table? It's an incredible tool that's right there. And we're the only um, entities on this planet that can use a smile. I'm sure, you know, you can hear a cat purr, you can see a dog wag its tail, but we have a smile, all right? That's right. Well, what do you what do you say then to friends, families, colleagues, and employees that really have the heart for volunteerism, but then they don't have the time, or they say that there's just not enough enough time in the day. I wish I had more time. I wish I had more resources. I want to do more, but I just can't. You know, wh- what are some ways, or how do how do people make time for something that is important to the community and to themselves? Yeah, you're making me chuckle on that one because um, I look at all the greats out there. You know, you got Leonardo da Vinci and and Michelangelo, and they all had uh, the same number of hours in the day to accomplish what they did. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you have no time, trust me, I am the ultimate triple A (laughs) type A personality. (laughs) And I've got, you know, 27 years, 28 years of volunteering with Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership. I've got 20 years on Junior Achievement um, Board of Directors. Um, I've got four companies. (laughs) I have all this stuff going on. I'm writing books, doing a a TV show and other things and a radio program every week. Um, And I still have eight hours of sleep and time with my family and friends. It comes down to time management, but also if you thread volunteer work into what you already do and what you have a passion for, it doesn't take away from anything. So volunteer work for me involves my family because then I can maximize the time by doing two, two things at once. The other is if you have a passion such as photography or let's say you're a mountain biker or something along those lines, you could start a spinning class on the off season at a Y to help underprivileged children or something like that. And then you're doing something you love and bringing that to the community as well. Really great stuff. Well, let's talk now a little bit about your book and books. The author, you are the author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Soul. Um, what inspired you to write that kind of book and what has been the reception? Because obviously, as I mentioned in your bio, you have basically half a million people worldwide following you and and, and really, you know, desiring these great uh divinely inspired thoughts, as you call them. Um, But where did that kind of inspiration come from in the beginning before all of this happened, all this amazingness happened? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was a a seed planted by a very good friend of mine who's a volunteer, and she was planning on writing a book. And she said, you have some amazing stories of not only your volunteer work, but just things that have happened to you in life, and you should write a book about them. And I started that night. And the first story I wrote was about a a friend of mine, Ken, who passed away at age 27 from uh, brain cancer. It was a really bad form. And but he, uh, you know, outlived the odds. He was very inspiring. I actually didn't like him when I first met him. He really (laughs) brought me the wrong way. Taught me, you know, not only uh, ego, but taught me how to. Um, not judge a book by its cover mm. and to give people a second chance and to really learn. And I found out he had this amazing sense of humor. So I was writing this story on a flight back from Houston 
And I literally lost it on the plane. I, I couldn't even see, you know, what I was writing. And um, I realized that this has something to it, these stories. And there's so many, and they've just changed lives. And I'm, I'm just grateful to have brought that book to something. And really, it, it came out of that volunteer work and the passion to help others. So, you know, that's the, the core message of it. And then everything else just kind of, um, it opened up so many doors. It just kind of uh, had a life of its own after that. And I started the um, Facebook page. And just, you know, it was growing by thousands uh, a week, you know, as soon as I put, you know, these messages up. And I just try to write a positive thought every every day. And I, I did it for four years straight. And now I I kind of uh, post them as I as I get them. I don't force it. It's when it's time I just post. Uh, but I do get several up a week uh, every week and then I share others. So it's just been a, a great you know thing and i get these messages from all over the world from people every race every religion every culture um there's people in morocco and um palestine and israel and uh india uh, all over and i get messages from them of how much my words have helped them get through difficult times mm. now you mentioned earlier that it's about time management prioritizing and infusing the work that you do from a pragmatic standpoint with the passion that you have from your heart and your soul. How do you keep from that sense of overwhelm? And this is so important because in the, in the world that you and I um, live in, in terms of leadership and working with entrepreneurs and um, that with you also having an actual big team, a company that's been around for a long time, there a lot of a lot of folks who are wanting to really do all of these things that you're talking about um, get overwhelmed and then they get stuck because it's it's too big or too much or I want to save the world kind of thing and all of a sudden it's like the pressure is is high and then they just get paralyzed <laughs> um, you know so how do you emotionally keep from getting there and allowing that sense of peace and calm and where you can put one foot in front of the other with grace. Yeah. And you, you, you said it, it is placing one foot in front of the other. And there was a great story. Um, you know, it's actually, uh, Olympian Chris Waddell. He was destined to make the, um, Olympic gold and he in downhill skiing and he had a horrible accident just prior to the Olympics. That's why you probably haven't heard of him. Uh, because he wasn't at those Olympics. He actually broke his spine, lost the use of his legs and he, you know, was not able to do this. He ended up being the most decorated Paralympic skier in U.S. history with like 14 gold medal or 14 medals. Wow. And he his legacy is really that he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro mm -hmm. with just the use of his arms. And he set this goal. And like you said, placing one foot in front of the other, he knew that he would be making progress. But one thing that he learned on that mountain is that no one climbs a mountain alone, that we're all there to help each other. And you need to ask for help when you need it. And you need to also keep big perspective. And I think that's one that I bring to the table is I always look at things from other perspective or pull myself back. And I just had a, a conversation with um, a friend of mine and she was very frustrated with her mother because her mother can't show grief the way that she would like her to. Mm -hmm. And what I told her, I said, 
you know, everybody is wired differently in how we handle things. It doesn't mean that she doesn't feel that grief. It's that it's there. It's just that she just deals with it differently. And I, I thought of that, you know, we all have different dance steps, but we're all on the same dance floor. Oh, I love that. That's a great, great imagery and metaphor. I love that. And she said, she just kind of like was almost bounced back to reality. She just dropped her shoulders and said, you're right. You're right. So perspective, keeping perspective on that and the big picture. And the other is moving forward because every time you're moving forward, you're making progress. And if you can list out, you know, things that stress you out or, you know, a lot of people just hold this like stress that doesn't exist and you need to just write them down or draw a picture of what it is that you're stressed about. And once you see it, you realize, oh, my God, that's so easy. I could just do X and that would be solved and not in my way anymore. So it's it's coming up with the steps and an outline and breaking it down into bite sized chunks and moving forward. And you will get to the top of that summit. I love what you just said. I think that's the most important thing is to basically, first and foremost, be able to let it leave your body and your mind, whether it's drawing a picture, as you mentioned, or saying it out loud, because when it gets stuck in the body and the mind just kind of, you know, spirals into like all kinds of directions, you really are maybe even misplacing your anxiety or fears or concerns because it's just too much. It's like this nebulous cloud. And I think that being able to know exactly what you're looking at, what you're dealing with, is really empowering because then you can say, ah, that's yes. what it is. Ah, that's where it's coming from. Oh, this is how I've interpreted something in my mind, but when I actually see it on paper or say it out loud, it sounds so silly. You know, <laughs> It's not so scary. It's not that big monster anymore. Yeah, and sometimes stress is not stress. It's frustration. Mm. <laughs> And realizing the difference between those two, you might be frustrated about something and feel like it's stress. So it's discerning which is which. And mine is just don't have doubt. Always, you know, you know what you're capable of if you dig down deep inside. And, you know, climbing a mountain is is a great metaphor to learning what you're made of and when you get into that. Because the only person getting you off that mountain is you. Right. And... um the other is that there's other people on the mountain and they were there to offer help when I was up and, you know, everybody was uh, dehydrated and running out of water. There were people that were offering water to other people. So you always know that there's a hand there, too, when you need it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Beautifully said. Well, you also have created this unique acronym for the word love. Can you share that with our audience, please? Yes, I have. Um, I thought about it a long time, and it is one of the only words that we have that's placed this little label on something so vast we can't even describe it. So you don't really ever think about how much love is. <laughs> so my my acronym is leadership, opportunity, volunteerism, and enthusiasm. And that kind of encompasses um, what love is. And a lot of people always get stuck on the leadership part. I said, well, you need to lead by example. And if you're going to take people to some place worth going, you need to be a leader to do that. And that is also the business owner. That is everything that, that you are and how you fit into a community. And every one of us, you know, my, uh, we're, all, we're all leaders in one sense. And the other part is that there's always someone who looks up to you. And you never have a day off from being a role model. So leadership is an important part of that love. 
I've never heard it that way. And I really do love that. I really <laughs> do. So it's leadership. And then you said it was opportunity. Yes. Volunteerism. And enthusiasm. And enthusiasm. <laughs> okay. enthusiasm is just that ball of energy within you that's just going to carry you beyond where you thought you could go. Mm, that's great. Wow. Robert, thank you so much. This was wonderful. What is um, What are some of upcoming projects or what are you up to um, that you want to share with our audience? Love for them to kind of follow you around because you're filled with such great insights here. Yeah, I have uh, my next book coming up is called Soul Ciphers, Decoding a Life of Hope and Happiness. And it is uh, sort of my programming side meets my spiritual side. So that is uh, how do you decode certain things for your life? And some of those things that I was talking about, I have these little decodes after each chapter, um, such as smiling when you're alone or just different little pieces that you can bring that I do in my, my routine that I never really thought about until I, I wrote them all down. And uh, I have a, a internet show coming up for Guide to the Soul. So if you go to guidetothesoul.com, that will, that will connect you with a lot of that. And on our marketing side, you know, I've got uh, spiraldesign.com, and that has a lot of different projects and things that we're doing in, in the marketing world. We launched Guitar Hero back um, in the day, and uh, we work with a lot of game companies, entertainment, all different things. So creativity is really what we drive, and that that's the, the piece that really sparks my interest. Oh, that's great. Guitar Hero, yay. That's so much fun. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and then also I did want to remind folks, please go to the Facebook page as well, Robert Clancy Guide to the Soul, because I'll definitely be following and sharing your wonderful uh, insights there as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, Robert, again, I appreciate you very much. I know this is just the beginning of our friendship, and we have a lot more um, work to do together. I feel that in my soul. And we're here to build our community up and to let people understand all over the world that uh, they are not on that mountain alone and keep climbing and, you know, reach out and ask for help because we're all here. We're all trying to move in the direction of our North Star. So I appreciate your time. Yes, thank you. Great. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. As always, I appreciate you, and I look forward to bringing you more incredible content and amazing, extraordinary people so that we can all soar together. Take care, and we'll talk very soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting SOARcommunitynetwork.com.